All right, Katie, welcome to the show. Hello, Rudy. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. We're glad to have you. How do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> That's a great question. Because there are different ways to pronounce that double L. Yes. So it is. It's so there's like a French Villarreal. Okay. It's not the French Villarreal. It is like the Hispanic. This is Spanish. Okay. Um, I so well, and maybe I'll get to get into that a little bit later. But um, my family. So my dad is Mexican. My mom is German. Okay. And so, um, but really, we don't like. We're kind of just white. <laughs> Like we're kind of just American. Okay. Um, un- like, so really, so we say Villarreal. Okay. That's like how my, we, like my immediate family, we say Villarreal. Okay. Um, that is definitely like the white person way to say it. Um, but as far as uh, like, I basically, some people say my last name way better than I say okay. my own last name. Um, and uh, there's like even even within my family, like my cousins, uh-huh. they say it differently than we do. They say like Villarreal or something okay. like that. So Villarreal is how I say my okay. last name. So, but you also yes. get Villarreal. Yes. You also, um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but Filipinos pronounce it differently as well. How do Filipinos pronounce it? Filipinos pronounce the double L Villa. So wow. it's Villarreal. Wow. Yeah, because there are a lot of you know Filipinos with Spanish last names. I should, maybe so, I should do it that way. <laughs> up to you. Wow, I'm up learning a lot. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, you've got different pronunciations. So that's why I wanted it. So yes. Katie Villarreal. Yes. The way you how, pronounce it. Yes, that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> and the majority of your family. Majority of my family. So here at St. Faustina, your official position is? Coordinator of Youth Ministry. That's the official, the official title. Okay. And main, and your main job is you handle... The teenagers? Yes. So I take on anywhere from, so if if you are 11 all the way to 18, getting you out the door, that's kind of the age range. So those eight years, um, we're going to try to take care of you <laughs> the best the best we can. Yes. So I was, well, when we were planning on having you here, we were like, who can we get a lot of the, because we've asked a whole bunch of women, including you, and yes. we're like, who would be our first woman on the show? And like a lot of them are like, oh, I'm a little too shy. And I was like, <laughs> Katie, <laughs> Katie, you know, she's not shy. She gets in front of preteens and teenagers every week. Yes. Talks, sings. Yes. You know, all of that stuff. Yes, not afraid to make a fool. <laughs> and how long have you been here at St. Faustina? This is my only my second year at Faustina, but I'm absolutely loving it. It's such a special community. So I'm very, very excited. And this is a very young parish as well. So yes. we're talking a lot of kids. Yes. How many are... <laughs> under you in the program? Um, so last year there was about 800 kids that okay. were in our programming. Obviously with um, this year, it's, it's gone down a little bit more. Uh-huh. So it's, we're, we're closer to like between like 600 and 700, uh-huh. but the numbers are still up there. And like you said, we're such a young parish, but we're continuing just to grow exponentially, whether that be with the numbers, our programs, ministries, all that kind of stuff. So um, that is definitely uh, intimidating, but also really, really encouraging. I think I, I, I love having, um, such a, a community that's just so behind the youth ministry program at St. Faustina. Do you have any idea how 
our size in terms of youth, youth ministry, that is, compares to other parishes in the archdiocese? Sure. So it's um, quite large. <laughs> so we're on the... we Yes, we're the, definitely on the, the, the bigger end, end yeah. yes, of things. Usually if I like kind of throw that out there to other youth ministers, they're like, what? 800? What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll have a confirmation class of, uh, you know, 30 teenagers going through and we had, we just had 200 go through. So <laughs> if that kind of gives you any idea. So yeah. what kind of numbers do they have for like overall, like you said, 11 to 18 year old? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So they usually get what we've, we get about, we're about six to 800. They're what? And so it definitely depends, definitely depends on the parish. Mm -hmm. There are parishes that do totally have similar uh, mm -hmm. numbers that, as, like we do, but um, generally other parishes, they have their, you know, some sort of faith formation program for their junior high through high school. Um, but really what they're focusing on is SAC prep, whereas we're talking about lifelong faith formation. So okay. we're co you're coming in as an 11 year old and yes. how can we journey with you all the way through your 18 confirmation is somewhere in the mix, right? But uh -huh. we really want to focus on forming you from being an 11 year old to becoming an 18 year old in the faith. That's the, that's really the idea. So, um, so as far as numbers goes, our, ours kind of will, will stay that high for all grades until uh -huh. about their confirmation. And then it gets a little bit smaller, but thankfully we do have programs for those students as well. So, um, so at other parishes, they might not necessarily have those same numbers and they might have, you know, between hundred and 200 that go through the confirmation uh -huh. program. But as far as kind of journeying with them the whole time, the numbers, yeah, are, are definitely look a little bit different, especially with our junior high ministry. We have quite a large junior high ministry. All right. I mean, that's awesome that we can get the, the kids that early. Absolutely. And that, you know, when there's during those formative years. Yes, absolutely. So talk about talking about formation and lifelong. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? So I, I grew up in Austin, Texas, actually technically Round Rock, Texas. Um, and I always tell people they're like round, like, is your town named after like a really round rock? And the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> there, there is a very round rock that just, it's actually, and you know what? It actually, you'd think it'd be exceptional. Like, and this is an exceptionally large or circular Round Rock uh -huh. um, that we named an entire town off of, but um, no, it's it's kind of a an oval thing we've got going on there. It's okay. a little bit jagged on the end, and it's probably, I mean, maybe as big as like our two tables put together. That's so it. that's it. <laughs> um, apparently, when when you know there was. Uh, just people were pioneering the frontier. Uh -huh. um, they would just look for this round rock. Long story short, that's where I grew up is in round rock, just outside of Austin. Well, I mean, it's, it rolls <laughs> round rock rolls off the tongue yeah. better than uh, not so large, not so oval, yes. oval, oval with a little jagged edge rock. <laughs> yes. Yes. Texas. That is correct. That's correct. <laughs> so that's like uh, just outside of Austin, right? Yes. Yes. And I loved growing up in Austin. I absolutely loved growing what up. What parish Austin. did you go to over there? So um, St. William, Catholic Church was my uh, home parish uh, growing up. And I, like you said, really, the the formation that I received at St. William's it, it is really why our youth ministry program looks the way it does. Um, I grew, So Chris Bartlett was my youth minister. He's now um, working with the Blaze Ministries. Uh, but he just 
so we had a similar, we had similar numbers, just very large youth ministry program. We had about 400 teens coming between 300 and 400 teens coming to our high school program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally high school leadership stuff. And really that um, relationship with my youth ministers, seeing uh, what you can do to offer an encounter to this, this huge group of teens. Cause I think sometimes that feels so impossible or intimidating. It does. You, it, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, you're not, you're not always going to get, uh, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to meet the need of every single teen, but, um, in the long run, it was the whole youth ministry program at St. Williams was focused on offering teens an opportunity mm-hmm. for an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. So you've been there in Round Rock ever since. Yes. That's like born, raised. Born and raised. Yes. Is your yeah. family still there? They are still there. Yes. So yes. you said your your dad is German. My mom. My your dad mo- is my dad is Mexican. Mexican, and your mom's German. My mom's German. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that so so that would be Chihuahua German Shepherd mix. Yes. Just that's about right. That sounds about right. Yes. <laughs> I have a friend who's also half Mexican and half German. Yes. <laughs> as well. So you you said you were your family has like a. a you 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 said you were going to get into that with the, with your parents. Yeah, being, and how did they meet and all yeah, that? Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> so they um, my both my families growing up that they, they're they they had their fair share of familiar struggles really on on both sides and okay. um as far but both my parents kind of had this sense of like wanting to be faithful despite whatever those struggles uh-huh. might look like. Anyways, so both of them ended up at Texas A&M University. Whoop. Um, and they so. I don't know if you've heard of it. There's this thing called Aggie Awakening. Okay. okay. So St. Mary's and College Station is also just a, a total um, like ground floor for just very well done ministry. I mean, it's like people, I, I there's some uh, articles somewhere that talks about St. Mary's being like the best Catholic university in the world, even though really? it's not, yeah, or something like that, even though it's it's not truly, it's, it's at A&M, which is a totally secular um totally secular campus, but long story short. So they have a a just phenomenal ministry at St. Mary's and both my parents um, met, well, they fell in love staffing and Aggie awakening together, which is like a big retreat. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the, the big retreat at St. Mary's. And so my dad was like the head of one staff. My mom was like the person that coordinated with him for another staff. And then from, you know, I guess that's, that's history. Then from then on, uh, they continued. So you're an Aggie through and through. It's like in my blood. Yeah. I, I'd like to say we weren't brainwashed. (laughs) And my family was like, oh, they were so open about us attending other schools. But I mean, like, it was impossible. Like, where did, you know, every time we're driving through College Station, we'd stop at St. Mary's, you know, and we just get Uh that, the culture and the, like, it just, the, it's absolutely vibrant, just the reality of the Holy Spirit there. So I think it was kind of impossible to choose, to choose otherwise. Yeah. So you, your formation started in Round Rock. Absolutely. Then you went to college. Yes. At A and M College Station, yes, that was pretty much predestined. I guess your yes. your legacy over there <laughs> was it always in your in your in the back of your mind that you'd be doing this, what you're doing now. It's funny. Um, so my youth minister in high school was always just 
very encouraging. And I, in high school, I did really feel like I was the, I was the all-star like youth group kid. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this was just like home territory. I felt very seen. I felt like I could like be myself and, um, really. And ultimately I did find something in youth ministry that, uh, tugged at me. Uh, however, I think that going into college, there was this sense of kind of rejecting that idea of like, I, I've like, I have a lot of gifts and I can do all sorts of things and I don't necessarily want to commit, uh, to youth ministry as a whole. And I'd seen it done poorly as well. And I'd also already, I mean, really even truly, I feel like in my young, like teenage life had already experienced burnout in ministry and in some sense. Yeah. Um, I did, I did like anything I possibly could do, um, at St. Williams and really it wasn't really rooted in a place of really understanding who um, the person of, of Jesus was and, and what uh, God was asking for me and my mission. And I just, there was a lot of expectations there um, that I either had been placed on me or I had placed on myself. And so um, going into college, I was like, no way, Jose, like I'll never, never uh-huh. do that again kind of thing. Um, so what'd you take in college? So, well, that's, a, and then there's a great question. So I changed majors three times. Okay. Um, I entered as an education major. I thought I was going to teach high school English or something. Okay. Then I, uh, changed majors to communications okay. and I thought I would do, um, so I, I was really interested in trying to do like PR okay. for like a pro-life group. So okay. I, was, I thought I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Like being a communications director for some sort of yeah. pro-life group. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, that's an interest of mine. I've always, anyway. So um, I, I got an internship. Uh, I don't remember which summer that was in college. One of the summers in college earlier on with um, a pro-life interest group in Austin. Okay. And I thought I was going to be under their communications director. But then long story short, I actually ended up being under their public uh, policy analyst. Okay. And so, and this was during the the legislature, like it was, it was, it was on and going. And so I got to kind of be on the ground floor mm-hmm. for like what it actually looks like to lobby um, for pro-life policy. And I was like on fire. I was like, this is all of like my gifts, all these things that I'm interested uh-huh. in, like, uh-huh. oh, this is it. Um, and I, I just had such a blast that summer. Um, I felt like I was really just utilizing the gifts that God had given me. And so going into junior year in uh, at college, I switched majors to political science. Um, and I loved my major. I can't speak more highly of my major. Um, I, so, I mean, really like the stuff I was learning in class, I was just like, there's all of these issues uh-huh. that I care so deeply about. Yes. And I, and I was just like eating up like the research and all of that stuff. Just like, I really just this, this kind of, um, desire to advocate for the dignity of the human person. Like that really was what was mm-hmm. at the root of it all was just for people that didn't feel like they had a voice for really trying to um, uh, be that voice for them, that there really was like a desire that was that was struck in my heart. And I think I had already experienced that in my high school years of just I, the things that really were, that was the most meaningful to me was you know talking with people one-on-one, was reaching out to people that I felt like and, and ministry all kind of, did that for me in high school. And so I was uh-huh. like, oh, this is it. Um, in, so how'd in you end up science. doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. After political science, because um, that was, this is your first job out of college, right? This is my first job out of college. Yes. Um, so I, uh, the, so, okay. So the last year at 
AM. So mm-hmm. my senior year, this was 2018, the school 2018-2019 school year. Um, I was gonna graduate early in December. Um, but I had so St. Mary's and I had always been involved at St. Mary's, like uh-huh. all throughout my years, even though I had kind of been like, I'm not doing ministry, like yeah. that's not what I'm gonna do. Um <laughs> I but I that senior year came around and St. Mary's has a group of campus ministry interns. And I would never thought that that would be something that I was going to apply for, was interested in. And I totally think this is one of those moments where the Holy Spirit just like threw my hands off the wheel and just took it because (laughs) I was like, there's no way I'm taking that. And there was just continually, it was just like, just apply, just apply, just apply. And I was like, Uh okay. Um, And so I ended up applying all the five internships. They have a different kind of uh, ministries that they're working with. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't remember which one I originally applied for, but I ended up getting like not the the internship that I applied for. It was this random, um, it was the intern that handled like outreach and the domestic mission trip. And I was like, I've never even been on a mission trip. I was like, I don't know. I was like, this is, <laughs> I don't understand. But I, but then, but there was something in me. I was like, I really want this. So, okay. so I went for it. Um, and so this is still like, I'm still studying political science at this point. Um, but really that internship at St. Mary's is, kind of what changed everything for me. And really my senior year in college, I feel like the Lord just opened up, opened up all of these avenues for me to just experience such profound growth and healing. And really it did start to come full circle to kind of where I was going in mm-hmm. to, to college thinking I'm never going to do ministry. And then through all of just these different opportunities, these gifts that I maybe had kind of put to rest uh-huh. a long time ago, they really started coming, coming alive again. And I was just I was just fully alive as an intern and even the friends that were in like kind of um, put into my life that year. It was just uh, it was just a beautiful year to just be poured into and to grow. And I did love school, too. So it was just uh-huh. it was beautiful. Um, so I was really starting to experience like just a lot of freedom um, and, and growth and pursuing the things um, that he was he was calling me to. And so uh, December rolled around. I was, I was, and I graduated. Um, and right off the bat, I actually got offered my, what I thought would be my dream job. So a public policy analyst at this, this uh, pro-life interest group oh, wow. in Austin. That's exactly yeah, what I'm, you were hoping for. Exactly what I was hoping for. And I remember sitting in the car, like on the phone with my dad, just like <gasps> crying, like, I don't know why I don't want it. Like, this is my dream job, oh, but I don't wow. want it. I was like, there's nothing like I, don't want this. And my parents were like, so confused. They were just like, what, what are you like? Are you, are you like nervous? Like what's, what's going on here? And I was just like, I just, I, this is supposed to be my dream job. This is supposed to be like setting me on fire. And I like, don't want this. Um, additionally the, so that next semester, that's when the actual domestic mission trip that I was planning was going to take place. Um, and they, uh, well, sorry, excuse me. That was when my, the message we were planning was going to take place was the next semester. And so I didn't feel like we were, um, I was like, I feel like I need to commit, like just at least finish the internship, like through the year, like it doesn't feel right to leave. And uh-huh. that ended up kind of being the only excuse that was at least good enough to like, kind of get by like the parents and talking about, you know, like what I was feeling and stuff. And then, yeah, finally I just kind of was like, I don't want it. And I didn't, I didn't take the the job and I was very confused. I was like, what's going on? Cause it is. Is very odd because a lot of people when they come out of college they have to settle for a job that they can find rather than the one that they yes. have that that's right there yes that fits what they've been studying what yes. they've been working towards 
And then you get this, it's put right there in front of you and you're like, I don't want it. Yes. Yeah. It was, and it, it felt so, um, it's again, like one of those moments where the Holy Spirit is just, I mean, it was like, I was so certain one that I was like, I don't really know if I want to go home, like back to Austin. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's some sort of, um, I remember telling my friends at that time when I was like looking at my life, there was like this, what did I say? I, when I was talking about my life, there was like this mountain forest adventure on like one side. And on the other side, there was like this desert or something, but it was very hopeful. Like there was already like a lot of hope planted in this desert Mm. that I could go tend to. And so I felt like with just, so it was like taking the job back in Austin. It felt like it was the kind of that desert where it's like, there's like a lot of like, there's a lot for me to do. Like, Uh I think I can really like do some good here. Um, I think I could feel very like settled, um, and comfortable and very familiar with this, with the, and I think I can do a lot of good. But then the other side, it was like, there was this mountain that was just like adventure and it was kind of dangerous. And I didn't really know what that would mean, but I was like, I think I feel like very certain that this is where the Lord is calling me to not accept this right now. Okay. Um, and so I was like, you know, if this job is for me, then maybe, you know, I, there's, there was a sense of really trusting, um, that if this was truly not his will for me Uh in this moment that he was going to provide. So, and like really believing that he's a good father, that's going to take care of me Mm -hmm. and trying to live that to like the extreme of this does, this lines up exactly with my plan. This is exactly the thing, but that right now I am so certain in my just interior that I'm not at peace and this Uh is not the thing that I want. And so like actually like praise God for the grace to actually be like, okay, (laughs) okay. Because they always say like you make your plans and God laughs. Yes. And you made your plans. You were studying towards all of that. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're here. So how did you end up here at Faustina? Yeah. So, um, and God is so good to me. He like might chuckle, but then he's also very patient with me. He'll like, he'll work through. He's like, oh, oh, okay. Okay, we can go look at that for a second. And he's like, okay, all right. And he'll like sit there with me for a moment until we move on to the next thing. He's very gentle, very patient. But um, yes, so I, so second semester, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. I guess I'm going to keep applying for government jobs. Like I didn't necessarily feel like I was supposed to move away from that. Um, I kind of wanted to, I was thinking about pursuing grad school. I couldn't really afford it in the moment, like to go, you know, right after. But, uh-huh. um, I, you know, considering all of these things. and so. I remember as I would apply for, for, um, government jobs and I was really looking in like Austin. That was really all I was looking, even though I was kind of iffy about it anyways, that's, uh-huh. that's kind of where I felt comfortable moving. And, um, there was this one youth ministry job that just kept, it was in Austin parish uh-huh. that for whatever reason, it just kept popping up in my searches. Like no matter what I searched, it was just there. Uh-huh. And it was like, I was not qualified for it. Like, I don't, I was like, I don't know why this keeps popping up. And finally I just gave up. I was like, okay, I, I'll apply uh-huh. Ugh, youth ministry. And so I was, I, I was literally, I was like applying for all these government <laughs> jobs. And I put in one application to this youth ministry job. Wasn't hearing back from any of the, um, any of the government jobs and, uh-huh. um, did end up hearing back from this youth ministry ministry job. And so obviously I didn't end up um, going through with that position, but that kind of position led to another position to apply for for youth ministry. And that position kind of led to another until um, finally I was considering actually going back to my home parish. Um, Yeah. So that was kind of what my next 
move was. There was another parish in Austin that I was also considering. Um, but I was like, I could go, I could like literally go back. And that's what really felt like the desert. It was like, I know that desert, like the back of my hand. Uh-huh. Um, and I really feel like the Lord can move there. Um, but then at the same time, there felt like there was something that I was missing. Um, there's something that I wasn't like paying attention to. And so finally, actually, one of my friends that I met, um, so there's St. Mary's has multiple mission trips. Mm -hmm. And so she wasn't on my domestic mission trip. She was on an international, one of the international trips, but she would plan different uh, workshops and stuff with me. And so she, and so like the only reason I met her was through the St. Mary's internship. And it really didn't get close until that second semester, fun fact. Um, But we were, so we were kind of getting closer. And and so she got a job here Mm -hmm. in Katy, Texas. And actually she introduced me to another friend that just so happened to like have family in Katy, Texas. And I was like, that's so weird. I was like, Katy, like I've never thought about like Houston. Like I was, I mean, that's probably the one place that I swore I would never go. I was like, really? Dallas, Ugh, I guess I could try it. You know, like San Antonio. Uh, <laughs> Why not yeah. Houston? Houston. Um, I don't like the weather. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's just flat. Austin very, is just not flat. And yes, I Houston's love that. very flat. Yes. I love the outdoor. <laughs> like Austin. I, I love Austin because of like just the hiking and. Yeah. You can do yeah, all, all of that. Stuff. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, I have never even considered applying. Uh-huh. It's like the archdiocese of, of Galveston, Houston. I was like, I, I literally was only looking at the diocese of Austin. And I was like, you know what? She was like, Hey, I'm moving here. And I was like, you know what? What if I just like looked to see if there was a position opening in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston? So I I like pulled up the website. I was like literally just the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston website yeah. looking at the job listings. And I saw St. Faustina. Mm-hmm. And that was like the only one of the only parishes that had like a youth ministry position open. Yeah. And it actually looked like something that I was maybe qualified for, like just uh-huh. the, the title itself. And so I was like, huh, okay. Um, and I was really drawn to it because St. Faustina is my confirmation saint. And there's actually only like three, I think, St. Faustina Catholic churches in like the U.S. or something. Uh-huh. So I was like, that is just weird. <laughs> it happens to be in the same place, like uh, the same schools feed into it that that, that my, my uh, friend was going to be working at. I was like, that's just weird. I guess I'll apply. Okay. That's why I applied. Um and I remember I had just gone to the dentist's and I got in my car and I had this missed call from a random number, listened to the voicemail. It was Brian Lennox. Um, and I, I called him and I was like, or I called him back and he was like, hey, I'm a political science major that graduated from A&M and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then, I mean, really, <laughs> like after that conversation with Brian, it that my heart was on fire. Like the 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 sense of peace um, that I knew that I was looking for to mm-hmm. be led by the Holy spirit. It was here in this random, pl- I mean, totally not at all what I would have anticipated or, but it was there. I was like, that's, that's it. And so we, I great phone call with Brian and then interviewed with staff. And I was, I was in love. I was like, this place is so special. It's funny. Like how you said earlier, God's like, okay, now she gets yes, it. Yes. He's like, yeah. I mean, so patient. <laughs> I mean, literally it's like, you know, like I, we, there's, Right. That's fine. We'll look. We can look. Watching her. Oh, there (laughs) There you go. go. Yes. Katie, you got it. Houston. Yeah. Houston. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very patient with me. But yeah. And then I ended up. Let's talk about the programs that we have here. We've got um, Life Teen. 
We also have for for the old for the younger ones. Uh, what's the name of the program? So we have Edge, Edge for Junior Edge. High. There yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And so so we have um we actually our sixth graders are actually doing kind of a hybrid program this year. Okay. But they they're invited to participate in different youth ministry events while they're still kind of doing elementary type catechesis. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. So we do have we have Edge, um, for seventh and eighth. We have our sixth grade program, and then we have our Life Teen program uh-huh. plus confirmation. Plus confirmation. Prep. Yes. And yes. what are the different challenges that come up with working with these different, you know, with the a- different ages, different groups? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, they are very different. Um, a sixth grader also is tremendously different from an eighth grader. So you really do just get this like wide range of personalities and ages. Um, it is. It's a very, I mean, an 11 year old is not at all the same in any way from an 18 year old that's now yeah. an adult. In terms of, yeah, maturity, interest and all of that. Oh, yes, absolutely. And disposition. And- yes. Yes. Um, I think that, and praise God. So we, we did just recently, uh, hire, uh, somebody who's now the assistant coordinator of youth ministry and, um, he's kind of handling at least the program development, praise God for, um, the junior high ministry. So now I'm, I'm being able to do a little bit more focus, more, a little bit more focus on high school, but we're still trying to kind of not be siloed and, and help where we can with each other and be present in both those situations. When, but, we, when we found out about that assistant, my wife and I were like, Great, because yes. what eight hundred yes. kids? Yes, that is a huge job. Yes, <laughs> for you know, for for Katie to take uh, yes. to, to to take on just by herself. So, thank thank God, there's there's another person there thank to help you God. out, and yes, especially with God. um you know times like this where it's just everything's just crazy. Oh my gosh, yes, and I like you said. So I mean, already those age groups are just so vastly different. And it's the same thing where, I mean, if you even write a ninth grader and a 12th grader, I mean, totally different times in their life. There's there, the needs um, are, are just completely different. And uh-huh. with a 12th grader that maybe hasn't had the opportunity to really encounter Jesus, what you're trying to do in that last year is like, offer just something, right? Where yes. the ninth grader, maybe you can move a little bit. You really are aiming towards walking with them even slowly, just like God walks with me slowly, uh-huh. <laughs> um, trying to walk with them just wherever, wherever that they're at. There's definitely, um, a, like more flexibility in that regardless, there's just, and then junior high is a totally different animal as far as, um, the needs that are there and, uh, what, what they kind of require, even in, I mean, and that goes, that goes beyond, right? Like junior high kids might want to be, have more like physically active games, even in like the program and the curriculum that you're developing, Uh it looks a lot different between junior high and high school. Um, um, No, go ahead. (laughs) Did your parents um, ever have an idea that you were going to go into this, into youth ministry? Um, They, since they were involved, you know, in St. Mary's, when they yeah. were in college? I think that my, yes, <laughs> this is my short answer. <laughs> they, so my mom um, helped a lot with like my, when in like our youth ministry program at St. Williams. And that was always really cool because there was a lot of opportunities, especially when I was more on like the high school leadership side where I felt like I got to do stuff like with my mom. And I know that that was, that was really special for me. I know growing up and I think that was, that was really special for her too. And so both of my parents always really encouraged me in that. And like, um, even in like my, like just music ministry or just all of that. They've uh-huh. always been very supportive. Um, I think on some level, they probably, probably felt that this is, this was where I would, I would end up. <laughs> Did, were yeah. they disappointed since say, because they had found each other in St. Mary's and they had gotten married. They're like, maybe you'll find somebody at St. Mary's too. Uh, no, they were disappointed, but I was disappointed. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I um yeah, they no, my parents they're just phenomenal people and and they really did like uh, as far as like dating and all that kind of stuff goes, especially in college, they uh, that's something like when you right, then JP2 talks about it a lot. Right. So I need to be a, a whole person that is whole in order to be able to like pour out, but then also to be able to receive another person. And so really in college, they they pushed more just having that opportunity to really try to become more whole to uh-huh. really move toward healing and growth and all that good stuff. And then kind of the natural fruit of that is relationship. And so, um, yeah, I had, I had great opportunities to hang out with a lot of guys, but, uh, nothing obviously still single, <laughs> ready to mingle. So you're on the market. You, you're, on the market. <laughs> your first interviewee that's on the market. Yes. Actually. <laughs> Tell everybody that should be the title. I'd be like, Katie is on the market. Tell them all. Yes. <laughs> do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have four other, so five total of all of us, but I have four other brothers and sisters. Where do you fall in the mix? Are you the older? So I, what do you think out of curiosity? Oh gosh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm the second oldest, the oldest girl, which I kind of, I hope my brother isn't watching this, but he's he's the older. So it's uh, my older brother, uh, myself, younger sister, she's an A&M, younger brother, he's an A&M. And then my littlest sister is a freshman in high school. But destined to go to AM. I guess destined to go to my brother graduated from AM. Just yes. <laughs> yes. We it's uh I don't know. Sophia, she'll do her own thing. <laughs> we'll see. Do you think she'll be a rebel and go to a rival school? I don't know. I feel no, it's funny because Sophia won't be like a rebel, but she would do like the practical thing of like, oh, I'm gonna go to ACC for two years and then transfer somewhere. So you know, like she's like, that's her kind of like to save money like that's that's her that's her vibe definitely was there really a lot of pressure to go to AM? no it, there really wasn't honestly to okay. be honest there really wasn't <laughs> i think that it felt right especially when all of the siblings kind of started going to AM. Okay. It, i think that it, it's it's harder to kind of choose something else there is definitely like a safety net i think in that so your um, parents didn't sit you down and say, look, we're look, not going to pay not, for your no. college unless you go to a and no. <laughs> no, no, they did not. Um, no, we they they were very encouraging as we looked at other schools and stuff like that. I think their like their concern was always more like, you don't got to state. But that, you know, but otherwise, I think they wouldn't have they don't mind wherever we're kind of feeling called. So we, we've talked about. Edge life team confirmation. Young adults. Young adults. Here. And then the reason why we're both smiling is because there's some hijinks. There's some hijinks. Just recently, we we had that um, <laughs> video of Father David Michael getting pranked. Yes. <laughs> Who thinks of all this stuff? Not me. Are you Listen, sure? I'm sure. Can I say something? <laughs> this is. I'm glad this is going on the record, is that I, like, last year in particular, Everyone did pinpoint me because and probably to the dismay of the masterminds that are truly behind this, because (laughs) I really like last year I, I opened doors. Okay. That's how that was my role. Okay. Is I opened doors. I, um, you know, told them maybe what time like people were going to be here and stuff, (laughs) but I never like, I was not creating these pranks and the same, same for this year. Like I really, like I knew what was happening, but I was definitely not okay. This ultra ultra participant, but so yes, there is a group of, um, women that are just, phenomenal um they participate they're on core team for uh for life teen and they're they're wonderful amazing 
ladies and they the energy of that group is just something else. It's something else. Um, and I do think that I I would say that I have a good amount of energy, but it just it's it's above and beyond. And I, I also well, and I don't want to give away too much about the true master. Mine okay. had all these pranks, but I will say it's not who you'd expect. Really? Yeah. Ooh. And it's well, they're and they're all in cohorts with each other. But I think I think some of the like the in-depth detail planning of these that makes it truly like close to maniacal uh-huh. where you're like, what? <laughs> How did you think of that? that? It's not who you'd expect. Uh She's awfully sweet. <laughs> okay, so we've got, did this all start with mainly Father David Michael being the target? Yes, I do think that him coming last year just, <laughs> it awoke something. That awoke something that was there just What was the first resting. prank that, that was played on Father David Michael? Oh, goodness. Was it, I don't, the, was it the the headshots? That Okay, so well, that, that was part of their first prank week. Okay. That wasn't the first one they did. That one personally is still my favorite. That one's still my the favorite. Headshots yes, all the headshots. I mean, I was dying. I, I mean, there was, I was dying laughing. That was just, yeah, it's genius. I mean, it's, he, he was a new guy here. Everybody's oh, yeah. seen his picture, oh, Yeah, you know, everywhere. It's in the bulletin. It's on yes. the website. This is our new priest. <laughs> this is our new priest. That particular, that one shot. Yes. And then it's just all over all over his office. I mean, genius and his chairs taped on the chairs. I mean, it was <laughs> it was incredible. I think. Do you think it's because he's so young? He's right around the same age as think, the yeah, especially and he's just been really. I I and you know he can he probably can speak more to this, but just I think young adults are like his bread and butter. Like he really does just do so well with them, and he's he is a just phenomenal man, and so he does just a great job pouring into that that group of people, and they love to pour into him. You know whether right. that be oh, pranking yeah. him or just growing in relationships. So I think I do. It's got to be definitely personality and definitely the age. Just all fits. It's I mean, perfectly. we're so blessed to have him at the parish because oh, yes. I I believe it was one of the the one of the times that he spoke and sang and rapped in front of the teenagers yes. for Life Teen and was like, okay, there's our young priest breakdancing. He is. Yes. He's breakdancing yes. in front of the kids. <laughs> yes. That's so awesome. <laughs> I remember we so we went to a junior high like our Sin Rally uh-huh. last, and Father David Michael went with us. He was actually the keynote speaker. Very cool. Cool. And so Faustina just like we represented. Like I mean, he was up there, and we were going wild. We were like, "That's our Rokiel Vicar," <laughs> you know. Like I mean, so excited. So what other pranks so did did we have on him? So. The headshots, the headshots last the year, air horn, air horn. Oh yes, underneath his chair, they mm-hmm. sticky note. Um, they put sticky notes all over his jeep last okay. year. That was the final one I think they did in the morning. Um, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of good ones. Uh, this year in particular, I think the most devastating was the potentially having his his car broken into. Okay, how did you guys do that? Somebody rolled down the window. They so they go- somebody had his keys and they I mean, I'm this is what I'm saying when I say like a little bit maniacal because okay. they got I mean, his dad, the cops, I mean, everybody oh, his dad was involved. His dad too. wasn't. That was the key. That was the key is that they had his dad involved and that like helped because who did he call? You know, immediately as he sees his car is being uh-huh. broken into. Um, and so, yeah, they rolled down the window. They had glass shattered like on the ground. Re- and was the that seat. real glass? I Yes. <laughs> Not prop glass or no, anything like think, that. So somebody, I don't know. Somebody got some real glass. Maybe they did. Broke some it mason at home, jars or chunky. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I have no idea. But, uh, yeah. And then they, they had the window rolled down. 
called his dad and then his dad was like hey roll up the window and they literally he rolls it up and he was just he i remember in the video you could hear him he's like respect like i have respect like that was awesome (laughs) yes yes because getting the the window rolled down that is really something yeah you gotta get keys for that you gotta get the keys for that (laughs) yes and and then there's a lot of glass all over the place did you guys call the cops ahead of time i don't i guess they called the cops ahead of time and informed them that hey somebody might call and that run about a broken car yes i think so well i think i know that like one of the girls i'm pretty sure she's like she one of her like a relation is okay a police officer I, i think that might have been had to do with it but again Again, <laughs> I don't know the details. <laughs> so that cop that came in the video rolling up kind of already a, knew and had an yes, idea about what was yes, going on. Yeah, okay. yeah, he was in on it. Totally in on it. Yes, yes. That's something else. And then my personal favorite is the teddy bears. The teddy All bears. All the stuffed animals. Golly. So the, the church was collecting stuffed animals. <laughs> yes. In order to put them into his office. I mean, incredible. It was incredible. So this wasn't for a program for kids or something? No. no. It's so I, it's so funny. I remember I had so I from our a retreat last year. Okay, I had all these stuffed animals still like left over from the retreat in the back of my trunk. Not oh, never wow. had done anything about them. And I remember Daniela. Uh, I just gave away na- one of the names. One but of the names. One, one of the, of the accomplices. Girls, yes, one of the girls. Um, she was. It was like after mass, and she was like, she like let me know what we were doing, and she was like, do you have stuffed animals? And I was like, oh my gosh. I have two trash bag <laughs> like full of stuffed oh. animals. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they were just, and I know that there was a couple other ladies at the parish that were just collecting, I mean, calling people. It was incredible oh, wow. the amount of stuffed animals. Wow. So these weren't stuffed animals that were just already there. No, oh, no. it had to be really collected. This, it was truly, I mean, I think that was an amazing fundraising effort. <laughs> I mean, really, I think we need to get them going on something like for for Faustina to and get us. I love the moment where so he's <laughs> he he walks in and he's like, "Wow, all of these stuffed animals!" And he thinks that that's it. Yes, that's it. And then that moment where he walks up to the gigantic <laughs> teddy bear and it reaches out Boom. to him. I mean, and he shakes. He's like, Aah! "I mean, you can you even?" I mean, again, I can't like it really. I'm just like, I cannot believe y'all thought of that. Also, we're willing to climb inside a teddy bear. That is pretty. That, that's that's very pretty amazing. Hot, hard to breathe. Yes. in. Yes. The, the breathing is what really gets me. I don't know how that. How long was she waiting in there? I saw them prepping. I'm, it was like not a little bit of time because I remember whatever that day when he came in, it was a lot later than expected too. Oh, no. So thanks. I think she was sitting in there for quite a while, quite a while inside the, the hot teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> so she's sitting in there waiting for him. Yes. Trying to stay still. Trying to stay still. Did a great job. It was fantastic. I mean, Definitely worth it. I, yes. I, I loved it so much. I created a little gift. Yeah, I saw. Yes. <laughs> just of him going. I love it. Yes. But it doesn't do it justice. You got to have no. the sound of him screaming. Yes, you got to get the sound. You got to get the sound. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's <laughs> yes. so freaky. I love it. I love it. So, so funny. We, we had Deacon Houston in here. Yes. And he says he hasn't been pranked yet. So I don't know if you have the connection but you know, I have the connections. Yeah. That's what I'll say. You know, I'll have the connections. I can is this pass like along. A, the is message. this like a Peter Parker situation? Like, could you please tell Spider Man? But it's actually <laughs> no. Or, I think it's like I'm trying to think of a different example. Maybe it's like I don't know, the Avengers or something. And I'm like, who's a pointless Avenger? 
It doesn't really do <laughs> much. No point list of yeah, Avengers. I don't know. And I just I give him a call. I'm like, guys, I'm tired. <laughs> but we need a, to bring you in mission. here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, is there anything in the works yet for? There's nothing. There's nothing in the works for. Not nothing that I know of. But yeah. again, have you? Maybe. Has there ever been talk about pranking father dad? Or is that off limits? I it's not off limits because <laughs> Father Dad's a really, you know, he, he's he, he's he's a casual guy. He's he's, he's very been, jolly and now. If you, you think that like I've been in cohorts with these ladies, you've got to talk to Father Dad because <laughs> Father Dad has been. I mean, he many doors have been opened by Father with the master key. <laughs> many doors have been opened. So uh, I think I think he might be. Like owed a prank. I think that Father right? Dad Maybe might be <laughs> Father David Michael said, "All right, you guys gotta help me out yes, now." Yes, exactly. Has he ever gotten back at anybody with with the pranks, or it's he's just not at that level? He's in I terms of creativity for I don't pranks. Know if he, I I I think it would take a lot to get back, like get those, like get them back. It would really because they're so good at it. They'd see it a mile away. They're really good at it. They are really, <laughs> really good at it. Yes. Yes. They're really good at it. All right. So you've been here at St. Faustina for about a year and a half yes. now. Yes. What are your plans for the future for yourself or for, for the ministry? Absolutely. So for the ministry, we really want to look toward continuing to create the opportunity um, for our groups of teenagers to encounter the person of Jesus. I, I usually say the what we want youth ministry at St. Faustina to be like is to be walking back like literally into the garden. So the original plan, perfect communion with God, perfect uh -huh. communion with each other. And we're obviously we're not going to get that, you know, uh, spot on, but we're trying to foster that kind of an environment. Um, and so it's an environment of inclusion. It's an environment of love. And then it's an environment of discipleship. That's kind of the, where, how we move. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we want to continue to, to be doing with our programs. Um, we want to continue to offer more and more, more things and continue to facilitate all of that. Hopefully we'll be moving into a new building with more space and uh -huh. that'll also kind of foster the environment that we're, we're looking for with our leadership um, team. We're like, we're for high school, we're continuing to develop them and they're absolutely phenomenal um, uh -huh. and, and really just such a special part of what we do. Um, personally, I'm, I'm just thrilled to, to be here at Faustina. Um, I will be starting uh, school actually in January mm. It's online, but I'll be able to, to do that uh, alongside working here. And I'm, I'm very, very excited. What are you taking? If so, you don't mind me asking. No, not at all. So I'm, I'm going to be starting uh, my master's in science uh, in clinical mental health counseling. So oh. um, yes. Yeah. So it, it definitely, there's a, a very, especially in ministry. Um, that's, that is the part of ministry that is the most um, uh, captivating to me that I feel like where my gifts are are most aligned. Mm -hmm. um, and so I am going to be pursuing that alongside. Uh, and there, there is a need oh, for, for that, especially, absolutely. you know, um, nowadays where things are just pretty tough. Yes. And there's so many challenges, yes. especially that our youth yes. have to deal with. So do you see yourself here doing this? For yeah. years and years to come. Yes. Yeah. As so, the parish grows. And yes. Continuing. And I think that, you know, as of now, like 
Um, really, for me, that degree in particular, mm-hmm. especially I think in my first year at Faustina, it was very evident, um, especially in different conversations I did have with teens. And um, that number one, that that was the part that I loved the most about mm-hmm. my job and that ultimately um, working with uh, teens like that, that they're like you said, there's a tremendous need for all of that. And I really did end up finding um with ministry in particular, that it was like in political science, I cared right about like all of these issues Uh and the fractionalization that we see in society and all of this deintegration, just like splitting apart was all just a reflection of what was happening in the interior of, of individuals. And so I felt like where I could most, um, where, where my mission was, where my call was, was being able to, um, help find that wholeness and that integration in, in the individual and in the person and in relational ministry. And so again, I think that at Faustina, that's really, that's, that's always the, the, where we start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there we can, we can move to everything else. So as of now, I really, I'm excited to continue to, to see teens grow, program grow. I'm very excited. Speaking of teens growing, do you ever look at some of the teens and say, this person would be a great youth leader. Yes, I do. There's do definitely, yeah, there's, and, and I don't like the, so some of them have like asked me about it kind of mm. thing, you know, that, that they might have like a, a question or they're kind uh-huh. of like, this is like, I think I would want to do something like this. Uh-huh. Um, usually I try to, with all of the kind of stuff, it's like, I try to affirm the gifts I see versus like the calling, you know what I'm saying? So it's yes. like, these are, wow. Like that's, I see all these like awesome things in you as a person. And then from there, I think that they're, it, that maybe can help clarify where they feel like they're, they're moving you're going. That's usually the approach. I try Do you to ever take. have any of those teens that graduate high school going to AM? You tell them St. Mary's. Oh yeah. Uh, St. Mary's. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've had the opportunity. So a lot of our, our seniors are at AM or that from last year are at AM. Uh-huh. and my siblings are both at AM. And so when, every time I get to go up, I usually try to try to meet with them over coffee or, or see them as well as my siblings. So, and they're just doing, yeah, they're, they're phenomenal. All right. So you mentioned when I talked to you before, about a family vacation that was ruined by Uno. <laughs> yes. That you wanted to talk about? Uh yes. I that question I I was thinking about it and I was like I think that's always a story. <laughs> Give us a little <laughs> insight into my family, into myself. Um yeah, so how, how old was I at this point? I think I was either 13 I was between the ages of 12 and 14. I feel like I was 12 or 13 anyways. Um, and so my family, we don't really go on vacations. Like we, that was never something we did. We didn't okay. like we, if we were going on vacations, we were just like seeing family in Texas. And so it was very, very rare, very rare that we went. And so um, I was, I was 12, 13 or 14. Can't remember which age. Um, and we were going to go to Destin, Florida. We're going to go to the beach. Okay. okay. A nice fancy beach. Was this a road trip or a flight? This was a road trip. Okay. Um, so tensions are, are already high. Uh, and so we, we, we drove to Destin, Florida. Um, it, it was like, there's multiple things. It was beautiful to be together as a family. Okay. There's multiple, multiple things that were just kind of, kind of going wrong. And then we were all sitting with each other, um, uh, around the table and we decided we were going to play this Uno game. Um, my family is very competitive. Um, and we also, I think everybody has a very strong sense of justice. Okay. And so we're playing this Uno game. Um, and there 
ended up being this conspiracy that one of my siblings was cheating. Um, and I also started to lose in this game of Uno. And so <laughs> I don't know what it was, but the tension just, it just hit on whatever was there. And I mean, it exploded. Like everybody just lost their minds and over was over an Uno game. Over an Uno game. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we, it, it became resolved at some point, but I mean, the night ended everybody like in their own room, in their own space. Uh-huh. It was, yes, it was quite the, quite the event. <laughs> it was a family crisis. A little bit of a family crisis, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> and then you said something about a rabies vaccination. Oh gosh. I can't believe these are the stories that I told you. <laughs> yeah. Um, my rabies vaccination. I always feel like that's kind of my fun fact. Usually when people, you know, you go around in a circle and you have to say a fun fact is I'll be yes. like, I've had, had the rabies vaccine. Not many people have had the rabies vaccine. Um, I'm saying that. Have you had the rabies vaccine? I Rudy? don't believe I've had okay. the rabies vaccine. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, it was, I was a sophomore in college and I run, I love to run. Uh-huh. Um, I was on a run and I was running back into my complex and there was this girl walking with her dog and I, or, you know, whoever's dog that was and I was like oh cute dog and so what you should do when Mm -hmm. you're running past a dog is walk is slow down (laughs) okay I didn't (laughs) know that and uh not uh not hold out your hand to the dog okay usually that's not what you should do I guess so um but that is what I did as I continued to jog past the dog I thought it was really cute I was going down to to kind of pet him as I was running by and I guess I scared that dog and it bit me in the side okay and so in the moment I was like in shock like he bit me and I was like (gasps) like I didn't even realize what happened and the Uh girl was like oh what are you okay? And I was like, uh, yeah. And I was like right outside my apartment or my, my townhouse at that point. And so I just kind of like ran inside and then I was like, I like looked down and I was like bleeding so oh, bad. Wow. And so I was like, Oh, I just got bit by a dog. And so I was like calling, I was calling my mom. I was calling my grandma who like works with dogs. Like uh-huh. I was like, like, I don't know what to do. Um, that's so actually, the dog didn't have its shots. Well, so, okay. So I, here's the, so the dog did not have a collar. That was the issue. This girl was walking with the dog and didn't have his collar. Um, And so that was like a little suspicious. And so, and actually I was, I was pretty like calm. Like I was like, oh, like the girl was with it though. Like probably Uh there's no way that it um, didn't have his shots or anything. Um, But when I called my mom, she is my mom. And so she was like, you are going to die. Um, she was terrified, right? I mean, she was just very, very nervous. And and then my my grandma was kind of like, it'd be better to get the vaccine than to, I don't know, die with like foam coming well, out yeah, of my mouth or something. I learned recently about rabies is once you start having symptoms, you're, you're done. You're, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late, which is, it's very scary to think about. Do you have a scar or anything? From- I do. I do have a scar. Um, and that night was just absolutely. So I had my, my bite. I went to go get a tetanus shot and then. I remember like sitting in that, mer- like my roommate had taken me to the uh-huh. ER and I'm just like sitting in there after I get like the tetanus shot first. And then they're, they come in and they're like, okay, well, animal control is going to be here in just a second. And I'm like, what? I have to talk to animal control. <laughs> and then you come to find out 
animal control was going to like go after this dog. Wow. And then if they found it, this is like, I never knew this is what happens when you get bit by like an animal that's possibly domesticated. So they were like, we're going to find the dog and we're going to stick it in like puppy jail, essentially. Okay. Okay. Like quarantine for 14 days, basically watching this dog to see if it shows signs of of rabies. So I was like, oh my gosh. They're like, yeah, we're just going to camp outside your complex and like see if we see anything. I was like, I can't believe it. And so for like weeks, I would be like walking, like getting off the bus, like get walking into my complex and like see all of these animal control people in my complex wow. being like, I mean, like, so it was anyways. So, and then eventually I got this letter being like, we couldn't find the dog. Uh-huh. We recommend that you get the vaccine. Uh-huh. Um, and you think it's just like, well, one, not most, most hospitals. That's not true. There are it is there are select hospitals that actually have the carry rabies, it, yes. yeah, carry the rabies vaccine, and it is not a one and done kind of thing. Apparently, it's a series of shots. It is right? a series of shots. I'm not like I'm not like like I'm I can do shots. Do but they still stick it in your stomach? They stick it everywhere. I mean, Ooh. I literally it's it was about I think it was eight shots, and then wow. they were everywhere, like including like the bite area. Okay. It was very intense, and then. After you do, so that's the initial about eight shots. You do about eight shots in the initial treatment. And then you have to go back to keep receiving the shots for, I don't remember how long, how long it was, but for a couple of weeks, you have to keep going back um, to only the hospitals that have the rabies vaccine. So, um, And did this happen in Round Rock or this happened in A&M? It happened to A&M. Yes. Yeah. So if you ever think you, you know, need help dealing with an animal that might be rabid so if you're <laughs> if me. you're if you're running don't stick your hand out yes don't keep running yes you're supposed to slow down i, th- I would okay. say slow. i did it what did take me a while on my runs like uh-huh. i definitely was a little bit more nervous around i love dogs but i was like a little uh-huh. bit more nervous around them for a little bit definitely so do you do things like that all the time like wave flags in front of bulls and <laughs> I guess stuff so. like- i just like to test the waters <laughs> living on the edge <laughs> is there anything else Fun facts that you'd like to share about oh, yourself. I don't your, know. Your parents, you said your dad's um, your dad's um, Hispanic and then your mom is German. German. Sure. Do you do you speak any of those languages? Nope. Nope. Like I said, we're kind of just white. <laughs> we're, kind of, <laughs> we're kind of just American. Um, no, I do feel like at St. Faustina, I've had the opportunity with, especially with actually the particular girls, uh, the group of girls that do the pranks. There's a lot. Most of them are Spanish speakers. Uh-huh. And I feel like I've had like a mini immersion. They've really been like working with me, pushing me in my Spanish. So I'm, right. I'm learning. I'm learning. They're slowly like, yeah, you've got the last name. I mean, I have to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be able to say my last name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say it however you want. It's your it's, name. It's my name. That's right. <laughs> Any final words for um, any of the teens that are or anybody who's into getting into youth leadership? Yeah, just I mean, I think my only kind of last words to them would just be to be confident in in their unique mission, their unique call, their goodness um, to continue to pursue the person of Jesus. And then that it'll become very clear um, what he's calling them to. Do you ever get? Is there a group of youth ministers from around the archdiocese that get together like a support group or something? Yeah, yeah, we had, there's there's a couple different programs like that um and and you know Facebook pages and stuff like that for youth ministers to kind of be with each other and, and all, cry and on all each of other's that. shoulders yeah, exactly. and all of that. I, <laughs> yes. I would assume that you know um during the pandemic and onwards 
there are lots of challenges and, and solutions that you all share with each other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Time. We continue just to put, um, put all of the resources out there. Like we did our confirmation retreat last year was totally online and we didn't really do zoom or anything. We created this kind of a dynamic website with videos uh -huh. and all and, and reflections and all that kind of stuff. And we ended up being kind of be able to pass that along to other parishes mm. and stuff like that. So stuff like that happens all the time where youth ministers are asking each other, like, what's a good game we can do via zoom or just in general, right. Just mm -hmm. asking each other questions and, um, continually yeah, trying to pour, pour into each other, supporting each other. We thank you so much for all of your work here at St. Faustine. Thank Katie. you, Rudy. Thank and you. And we wish you the best and, you know, more pranks to come. That's right. <laughs> I'll let the girls know. <laughs> Watch out, Deacon Houston. <laughs> oh boy, there you go, Deacon Houston. Watch out. You've got a big target on you. I guess. You, so. you have until J January. Until January. Just a few more months. There you go. We'll get and on And then it. you'll be pranking father. I guess, yes, you, that's so. right. <laughs> that's and maybe right. Father Dad's got it coming. Maybe Father Dad's got it coming, man. Uh, I got to pass this along. I, I didn't plant that seed. <laughs> Thank you, you so have. much, Katie. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rudy.